gonna be a hot one Hot sweat on my pillow's not fun But I'm not one to willow in no hot sun When I wake it's like I'm bathing And I roll over records playing now But I'm still laying down No need to move a muscle Today's plans are taking Hey, Starks here. Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world. Welcome to the Fantasy Unicorns podcast. We're dynasty driven, but we give you that redraft flavor as well. We have our dynasty rankings and our prospect rankings on our website, thefantasyunicorns.com. So you guys check it out and also give us a five star rating on our podcast, write a review and uh, definitely listen in and subscribe. And if you don't have iTunes, that's okay. We're pretty much available on most podcast formats. So take a look at that. This is episode 70. And as you guys know, we're dynasty driven. In this episode, I'm going to talk about obviously the playoff games that taking place here in the championship with Toronto and Golden State. I'll talk about both the games. And then I'll also talk about the listener league that is coming up and a couple more draft picks in our mock draft that's taking place. So one thing I definitely want to also talk about is coming up onto the clutch moment is a player that I definitely want to uh, go full court press on and, and give a mention and, and kind of dive deep into a player and at least an analytical thought and logic and what he could be going into next year. And that's Ricky Rubio. And I'll talk about him later on in the podcast. So uh, with that being said, I'm ready to take people on for a ride. The Toronto and Golden State series is tied one to one. I definitely want to touch up a little bit on both games and give some thoughts on what's going to happen. Well, I wouldn't say what's going to happen. As you guys know, I'm not good at calling playoff games at all. Uh, I mean, I'll say Golden State's going to win the series still. And then maybe hopefully that'll work in reverse for Toronto to win the series. And maybe, you know, that could be sour grapes to me or to some of you guys. I'm sure there is obviously some Golden State fans, but there's also people that really dislike Golden State. But anyways, going to uh, one of the games that happened when Toronto actually won the first game against Golden State. One of the things that stuck out to me, I won't touch up too much on the games, uh, but just to highlight on some things that are pretty key here. And Pascal Siakam, the first game in the series, he obviously exploded and he scored 32 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and some nice stock stats, right? One of the things that obviously sticked out was his field goal percentage. He shot 14 for 17 that game for the first uh, game of the series. And he hit two snipes, also known as two three-pointers, and he hit both free throws. The thing about Pascal Siakam, as you guys know, he has been, he has to be the most improved player this year. They should go ahead and give him the award. But, you know, he's definitely been a fantasy asset to anybody that, pretty much got him from the free agency or took a flyer on him in in a deep league, whether it was a redraft or dynasty league. But Pascal Siakam, let me say this, he's a a solid player and he has room to grow a little bit more. Um, It's kind of hard to put a ceiling on him, to be honest with you. I would would like to pay for him, but I'm not going to pay. Oh my goodness. Let me take that back. He's going to cost a premium next year. Whether he's in the redraft or dynasty league startup, I don't know if I'm going to pay for that price. It really depends on the situation, but the premium is going to be a little too rich. And that's what's going to be a little bit of cause for me to pause on him. But anyways, let me at least say this real quick about him for that game. And then I'll kind of go back to where I was going. As you guys know, I go ISO back and forth. But Pascal Siakam, that game that he had, I didn't, didn't think he would repeat that the next game, which he didn't. But they're going to really need him. 
and this for this series. It's just it's just honest. It's the honest truth. They obviously couldn't stop him the first game, but to shoot that high of a field goal percentage, it just didn't seem like it was going to happen next game. But going back to the fantasy spot on Pascal Siakam, I, I know Jay. Uh, was one of the GMs that liked him in the beginning of the year. I also did too, but I got him very deep. I didn't think of him to be anything great uh, coming into this season. I don't think many people did, but uh, it's he's he's definitely had a good season. But kind of going back to the tangent where I was saying as far as paying the premium, he could be worth it next year because, as you guys know, Kawhi Leonard – he might go to a different team this year or after this season, right? So there's a lot of questions, and it's crazy how the NBA is now. You know, if you win a championship with a team, you, you might stay with the team, right? Or even if you win a championship, you might leave. So it's just like Toronto's doing everything they can to appease um, Kawhi Leonard, which I'll talk about here in a, in a little bit. But that's going to be an interesting situation if Kawhi was to leave. Pascal Siakam would soak up, obviously, as you guys know, the usage rate, along with I can see a bump in the spike in points. And he could probably facilitate a little bit more to get you a little bit more assists. Pretty much across the board production from him. So the premium payment for him could be uh, could be utilized for him, and, and it's understandable. But for me, I just, just got a little bit of pessimism. And again, you guys know Hooked on Phonics works for me, but it's hard for me to really pay. But it, he could be worth it. But anyways, let's move forward into the rest of the first game here. Marcus Saw had a very good game, scoring twenty points with other stats. Right, hit all of his free throw shots the first game and hit a couple of snipes. Had twenty nine minutes that game. Now he obviously overshadowed Abaka. Abaka only had seventeen minutes that game with Gasol playing twenty nine minutes. So the thing with them, as you guys know, at Toronto, they're going to play the matchups there, right? So I definitely like to see Gasol to to do more, and he did for that game for the first game. It's just one of those things where I look at a lot of these uh, stats here, and although they beat Golden State the first game, it's this series is going to be hard. And I'll be honest with you, it's going to be very difficult for Toronto to win this series. Can they beat Golden State even without, you know, Kevin Durant right now? And possibly, uh, what's his name? And Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson is already considered questionable, right, for uh, next game coming up for the third game. But I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I can, I pretty much can see Clay Thompson being okay. But anyways, moving back into the first game. Uh, Klay Thompson, you know, had an okay game. Curry and Draymond Green had a triple-double. That was a a, ugh, a dirty-looking triple-double when he had 40 minutes, which was fine. But he had a 10-10-10 <laughs> triple-double in the first game and six turnovers. That's That wasn't a recipe for success. So he, he essentially didn't have the best game, right? And Golden State, across the board, just didn't really have the best game. And they were still close to beating Toronto. So what am I trying to say about the first game is it was just like, it's funny how people are prisoners of the moment. You definitely don't want to be a prisoner of the moment in games. First game, you can't just say, oh man, Toronto looks good. They're going to win a championship. But you got to look, you got to look at if you, I hope you watch the game. And then if you didn't watch the game, kind of look at the stats too. You got to coincide both of them because it's like Pascal Siakam he pretty much almost didn't miss a shot. So there's a lot of things to look at before you 
just claim a team is going to win this this series. I mean, look look what Paul Pierce did. You know, he was like, who? What, what team was it? He was clowning. No, I think he said Boston. Was the Celtics at the time? I can't remember what the the series that he tried to call after the first game. I think it was Bucks and Celtics, but I could be wrong. Can't remember. I apologize. I think Boston won the first game, and then what the Bucks just kind of dest- was it the Bucks or was it Philadelphia? Can't remember. One of the two teams they, he busted up right across the board. But anyways, moving forward here, the game yesterday, Golden State and Toronto again. When Golden State won one hundred nine to one hundred four against Toronto, uh, this. <laughs> Let me just put it to you like this. This goes back to the Pascal Siakam moment here. He couldn't miss the first game, right? But he was missing everything in this game. He was 5 for 18. He didn't make any three-point shots. He, he, you know, he had these stats of 12 points, 8 rebounds, and 5 assists with no stock stats. Kawhi Leonard had a, a solid game. He made all of his free throw shots. That was crazy. 16 for 16, 34 points, 14 rebounds, and 3 assists. Now, let me just... Talk a little bit more before I get to Kawhi Leonard because this is a little concerning thing. But let me at least say this on a few more players on Toronto. Fred Van Bleet, this guy is a, just a solid player. And if Kyle Lowry, I mean, he's he's at a ceiling right now. Kyle Lowry is not going to get better. What he's, I think he's about 33 years old. So if you're in a dynasty league, hopefully – if you don't have Van Vliet on your team, I would try to reach and put offers out, put your fillers out to see how you can get Van Vliet on your team. And to me, if he is a starter at some point soon, he could be a top 70 player or better. Or actually, excuse me, he could be a top 50 player. And then this, you know, he's had moments when he was top 70 this year. But let me also say this. I'm willing to still have him rostered on a team just because even if he comes off the bench as a six man, he's a, he's a good player, but this more, that's more for, for a deeper league, right? But that's something you got to consider about Van Vliet. I mean, he had a good game, 17 points with other stock or other stats, right? And he had 38 minutes this game. He had more minutes than Kyle Lowry. He was a, his plus, his plus minus rating was better than Kyle Lowry's. Kyle Lowry sometimes, man, I don't know. He's a good player. Kyle Lowry, I'm not going to try to um, ambush him or, or or try to say or throw shade and say he's not good. But sometimes I'm like, Kyle Lowry, man, you, you got to come through when the times are important. Uh, but anyways, moving forward. And it's funny how it, it happened in reverse for Mark Gasol, where he didn't really do too much. He only had 6.6 rebounds. And I just, you know, it's like I want more. You know, you, you got to do more, Gasol. If you did it the first game, you got to come through. And you can't rely on it just looking like it was just Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. Like, the other players got to step up. They have a solid team. You know, other the other role players got to step up in that game, especially when you're in Toronto. When you're in Toronto, that's when the role players come alive because they're more comfortable. So when you go to Golden State, those role players – are not, they're almost I'm not going to say they're going to shrink but essentially they could essentially not be those role strong players that you expect them to perform at an away game you need that so uh going back to Kawhi Leonard this is a situation that I am concerned about and I don't know if I mean a lot of people should know by now 
Kawhi Leonard in this series, he has although he's did he did good this game, he hasn't looked right. And there's reports surfacing up about the quad injury. It was an injury that's related. I think it's something with his leg that's it's included with his quad injury. And that is something that is concerning because you need Kawhi Leonard right now. And I, and I know it's like, well, oh, well, Starks, you know, to be fair, Golden State don't have KD and, and Clay Thompson is, you know, he couldn't finish out. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And I'm with you on that. But Golden State is still a good team, man. I mean, even without KD, Golden State is a good team. And that's even without Cousins, you know what I'm saying? And Cousins started showing up this game. They have so many weapons. So you have to take advantage on these games. And I know this series is far from over. I I get it. I get it. But once you have some type of space in a game, you have to take it. You definitely have to take it, especially when Klay Thompson gets hurt and you Toronto, it's like Toronto just let them just take advantage of them. And that was just disappointing to see that. So basically going back to Kawhi's, you know, left knee, it's, it does stem to his injured, you know, quad from last season. So if he's dealing with that left knee issue, it is coincide with one another. Now, is he going to, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to, re- he's not going to sit out in any of the games. I mean, it's, it's the championship, right? Unless it's just something very, very bad that he just can't. You see him limping up and down the court. And this also, let me just go and also on the ISO, right? It's funny how the playoffs make me turn into back into the fantasy outlook of things. So Kawhi Leonard in a dynasty league, would I pay a premium on him? that's tough for me because of this quad issue or injury. And I'm the type of coach that likes to take risk. And he's a, he's definitely a risk taker, but at least in my gut feeling, I don't know if I want to pay a high premium for him. Let me see where he can, he can fall into the first round because this could start turning ourselves and owners a different way and look at other younger talent. You know, someone like Luka Dantage, someone might look at Right. So that's what I'm saying. In dynasty leagues, you got to consider some differences. And especially if you're in a redraft league, I don't think you're going to take Luka Doncic at that point in time. That makes sense. I get it. But I'm just saying in a dynasty league, that might be a little bit different that you might consider Luka over Kawhi. And some people will be like, there's no way I would do that. But to be honest with you, you could. I'm, I'm cool. I'll say this. I'm so cool on that quad uh, injury that keeps surfacing up. It's it's a headache. But anyways, moving forward, that's just something I wanted to talk about Kawhi Leonard. So let me just touch up a little bit on the mock draft here. Man, I know we've been going back and forth. It's only been a couple of players that touched up on. Uh, actually, let me just, since since this is going to be a shorter episode, let me kind of just move forward in uh, just two more things because this is going to be a short episode. Also, if you guys got questions for the unicorns, just ask us and I can definitely put on the next podcast. Or if you have suggestions on uh, any info that you want us to provide for you, we can definitely, you know, consider on the podcast. You know, that's that's not an issue. Uh, Let me see here. So, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about. Also, before, you know, going on to uh, the list, talking about the free listener league and then also talking about Ricky Rubio, which I want to definitely talk about. Is Dray- Draymond Green? Uh, he 
he's really, I'll say this, I'm not a Draymond Green fan, but I respect his game. He's a real solid guy. He gives you the energy. Uh, he doesn't back down from anybody. He's obviously the engine that runs that team, essentially. I mean, obviously, we know they have a lot of good players and talent that can run the team, but he has a different motor there and, he, and a different um, presence that really gives Golden State that, that edge, right? But for him to facilitate also and stuff that he does, I, I can't take that lightly. He does a lot for that team, especially when Katie's been out. He's been facilitating that, that ball really well. And let me at least go back to that game a little bit here. Um, yeah, so Draymond Green was close to having a triple-double that game. And he was the highest plus-minus guy on the team, along with Curry and Cousins. And Cousins ah, Cousins had 27 minutes th- this game. And that's that's really good for the injury that he came back from. So, And I remember it was like Kerr was like saying the first game, it was like, you know, I don't know. It was kind of a little offsetting for me. It was like, you know, I don't know how we're going to use Cousins. Like, come on, man. You just, it's it's simple. Just start him. <laughs> you know, that's just what it is. You shouldn't have to have a hard time trying to see how he fits back in the team. You just start this guy. It's simple as that. And they did start him this game. The, the game prior before that, he didn't start, which was weird. I understand he was coming back from injury, but you still start him. But anyways, let's move back forward. The, the player that I, lastly I want to talk about in this game, and I want to move off this, this playoff games, is <laughs> Andre Iguodawa. Iggy, man, like, if you guys have been fans of the NBA for years, like us unicorns, I will say this. I, I don't know. It, it's just It's just my preference here. Igadawa, man, it's just something about him. It reminds me of, it just made me like a dis, and it's, maybe I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve, so forgive me. It's just like, when I see certain players, and he, and funny thing is, he's more of a role player in Golden State. You put him on a different team, he's going to be a starter, and I mean, he does start occasionally, right? He started this game, but Igadawa can essentially be a solid starter on a different team and provide strong stats, right? But for him, it's like every time I see him, other than the, the first game, he wasn't hitting any threes. But every time I see him hit shoot a three, and he, he's always wide open, right? It almost seems like it goes in. And then it's just like what he does after he hits the three, it's just the, the face that he makes and like the pose. It's just like, man, come on, man. It's like you, you think you're sweet. And he's a good player. And honestly... Anybody in the NBA, obviously they're good, right? But it's just like there's something about it. It's just like he feels like <laughs> so entitled. And it's it's funny, but it like makes me like, man, come on. Like, Iggy, man, you're not that sweet. But you're you're a good player. But it's just in my head. It's like, man, you're not that sweet. It reminds me of when Derek Fisher back in the day with the Lakers hit a big shot. I can't remember who it was against. And he just made this face, this, this menacing face like he was sweet. And just it just made me just... Made my stomach turn. And it reminded me of another time, if you guys remember, Robert Ory. It was this big shot Bob, right? Always hitting them big shots. And it just like made me just grotesque in my stomach. When you just have these role players hit the big shots and it's like, gosh, man. And they make these faces and just, I understand we should all get excited, you know. Um, when you hit a big shot, they have the right, absolutely. Wear your heart on your sleeve and, and, and be passionate about it. I mean, you should. It just, for me, it was just like, man, come on, man. I, it just, it bothered me. It's probably because I wanted the other team to win. 
So anyways, real quick on that last play on the second game, going back to the, the championships, and I, I promise, hopefully this should be the last part that I'll say again about this playoff game, is when Curry was, you know, they were Toronto was trying to make that run back, and I just remember Steph Curry was trying to, it was like he was he was trapped, right? They were trapping him, and he was throwing the ball. It was real sloppily. I'm like, turn the ball over. Like, how's the ball not turned over? Like, they Toronto should have had that ball. And I was just like, man, you guys blew it. And then Iggy hits that shot and just, that's all she wrote, right? And he felt good. He made that face. He pointed. He did that <laughs> point and he just had that face. But anyways, let me leave leave that game alone. You know, if you guys think Toronto's going to still win, I hope you're right. But I I, I just don't see it happening. I, I really don't. But for that, the, the series to be tied 1-1, cool. All right, so... Let me go ahead and just talk about a little bit of the Listener League. Now, I know for the listeners, the free league that we're going to start, the Unicorns is going to start, uh, my guy of the Unicorns, uh, Pat, Psychic Pat, he's going to definitely uh, get this rolling here pretty soon to start up the league for the free uh, Listener League that we're running. Um, I'm going to try to do the lottery uh, picks for you guys um, to the listeners that's been pretty much with us from the beginning. We appreciate you. Uh, with that being said, I'll, I'll start trying to get the uh, rolled out here by sometime next week. I'll even I'll tell you this: what I'll I'll maybe do if you guys want, kind of closing up in next week's episode. I'll try to do the the lottery over the the podcast, kind of closing up, but at the same time still giving content. So I might go ahead and do something like that, and uh, hopefully we can you know get the 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 league started because. Again, I want to start this Dynasty League, Listener League, the Free League, right after this NBA championship. So this is going to be something fun and be interactive with everybody. And it's, it's, it's just an honor to do this with the Unicorns. And it's an honor to have you listeners a part of, of something, you know, something that we started and is great, right? Uh, something that Kevin started and, and, and allowed us to um, do our thing for, for the listeners. All right, so the Listener League... Again, I'll, I'm going to do the best that I can to try to get things started sometime this week. If not next week, I've just been really busy, so I do apologize to the listeners. And if you have any questions for me or even any of the unicorns, let us know, right? So before I close up shot, because I want to go to the clutch shot for this evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you may be in the fantasy world, is it kind of lands like this. For the clutch shot, is it time to panic on Ricky Rubio, right, for the Utah Jazz? I think I'm going to have more segments like this to kind of highlight on a player and kind of have a, a different uh, logic and breakdown on what I think could happen. And, you know, if it's going to be successful for this player or is it going to be not so successful with the player? But anyways, Ricky Rubio with the Utah Jazz I don't know if you guys remember, if you guys have been listeners with us since the beginning. I think I had an article way earlier um, in last year when we started the Unicorns, pretty much. And one of the things I mentioned was Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio kind of like playing the point guard role back and forth, right? And it seemed like, I'm just, I think, I, I believe I said from earlier in the beginning of the year, I said, I can see Ricky Rubio... Um, I can see Ricky Rubio going to a different team after this year. I think his contract is up this year. So if that's the case, 
obviously Donovan Mitchell would get a, a bump in his game. But let me at least say this about Ricky Rubio. What I'd like to say about him is if you guys go to grocery stores, don't you like to get a bargain or don't you like to get something that's on sale? And for me, I like to cut out coupons or if you like to also call it coupons or coupons, right? Ricky Rubio is going to be a coupon player um, going into next year, even if you're in a redraft league or in a dynasty league. He finished 118th this year in redraft leagues, dynasty leagues. If you, or excuse me, if you did a category league, that's what he finished at 118. So most of the years that he's played, pretty much his his whole career, that has been the worst ranking for him. So you're like, well, it looks like he's just going to basically fade into the sunset and be a player that may not be good anymore. There's a lot of things that could be a little concerning, right? But let me at least highlight on a few things about Ricky Rubio. I've always had uh, a thing for Ricky Rubio. It's because he's one of those different NBA players that gets you those weird stats. And you're like, well, what do you mean by weird stats? He won't score a lot of points. He'll get you a lot of assists. And he used to be a two-plus still person a game. And I used to love that about Ricky Rubio. And if you guys been in fantasy for years, man, like steals is that many steals is just nothing you can just find in a draft. And I know a lot of people was like, oh, Ricky Rubio is overrated. Again, this is going to be a clutch shot. This is a clutch shot with the tangent of ISO. You guys are familiar with me now. But I just want to relish those moments when he used to get you those steals. And I remember one time, it was like, I think he was going for a quadruple double. I think he had like eight steals or something one game. And it's just like, I just remember people would just say, man, he's overrated. Yeah, his field goal percentage had sucked most of his career. Most of his career. I get it. And that's probably what turned people off on. But them steals, I, I loved it. And his free throw percentage, he was always a good free throw percentage shooter. So he wasn't punting that. He was just one of those weird players. And I, I hope at some point in time, we get another weird player like that. I like weird stats, players that get you those type of them, them stock stats. And at the same time, you might not get everything else. But the beautiful thing about it, if you're not giving, getting every single category from a player then that means they might fall in the draft, right? So anyways, going back to the real moment of truth right now of Ricky Rubio, because he's not that player no more. They used to get you those two-plus steals a game. You know, his highest career, was, I believe, was 2.4 a game steals. That's outrageous, right, when he was back in Minnesota. But going back to Utah, as you guys know, he coincided playing with, um, gosh, my boy, uh, Donovan Mitchell. So obviously things took a, a step back with him. He didn't shoot good again this year. Shot at forty percent this year. His steals had has been dropping each year, and that is a concerning thing. He had almost one and a half, so he was one point four steals this year. The assist climbed up a little bit versus last year when he was at six this year versus five last year. Um, his rebounds took a dip. His three-point shots took a dip. His points took a dip. His minutes took a dip. So there was a lot of negative effects on the, the Donovan Mitchell and Ricky Rubio combo that was pretty much hurting Ricky Rubio's value a little bit. But let me at least say this, that 
one of the things that stuck out to me as far as the last couple of years with Ricky Rubio is, is he never needed use. He never needed usage because that just wasn't the type of player he, he was or is. But well, actually now it's a little different. What's kind of weird is even with Donovan Mitchell and Donovan Mitchell, you know, doing more facilitating with the offense because that's his team essentially with Gobert, right? His usage rate has been hovering in the twenties. And that's with or 22 this year. And he was 23 last year with the usage rate versus throughout these years in Minnesota. He was more close to the around the 18 range. Right. So it's just like, so what's going on with his game? Right. Ricky Rubio, what I like about him now, he's more comfortable. He's accepting for, you know, the type of player he is. He's not afraid to really shoot the jumper too much anymore. You know, because his, as you guys know, his jumper, you can call it broken. That's fine. Um, but he, he still takes them. And he's never averaged a three a game and, and, or until the last two seasons, which is including this season and the, the prior year before that. Because Donovan Mitchell is more facilitator. So he had to change his game where he's like, all right, cool. If Donovan Mitchell is going to be more of a facilitator, I have to take jump shots. If I want to still coincide and do something on the team, I can still give the assist too, but I got to make my jump shot work a little bit. So maybe his jump shot at times looked okay. And obviously sometimes it, it looked broken, right? But going back to Rubio, one thing I will say is the last two months of the season, what I, what I did like was he did finish a little bit stronger with his steal rate going, creeping back to the two versus averaging almost one and a half this year. So what I want to try to back, go back to as far as, you know, I like to go to the grocery stores and try to get a sale, try to get a bargain, uh, like to cut out coupons. And he's going to be a coupon next year. So the thing is, when you go in a, in a market, the risk is, obviously, if you get a coupon and sometimes if, there's, if something's on sale, that means something's about to expire, right? So if you're going to get Ricky Rubio, check the expiration date, right? At the grocery store. That means you need to hurry up and eat it, right? Or hurry up and, and get that before it expires. So Ricky Rubio, to me, um, going into next year, he's not going to go in the fourth round. It's not going to happen unless, unless he goes to a team where he just has to start a wasteland team that they're going to give him the keys. And He's at this point of his career. He he's you know he's been in, in the NBA for quite some time, and he's twenty eight now, so he's supposed to be in his prime. But the question is, you know, now are they going to if he if he does get moved, for instance, from Utah, could he start somewhere else? I I, I believe he could, but I can also see him coming from as as a six man, and. As much as I'm a Ricky Rubio fan, and that's funny, I should have talked about him more um, in the beginning of when we started our podcast, because I don't think many people know. I've always been a Ricky Rubio fan um, throughout fantasy years, but I don't I don't know if he can start in just any team anymore. But it really depends on what team he lands on, if that's the case, because if his usage rate is up. To me, what also that kind of inkling or that implements or excuse me, indicates for me is not only could he facilitate more, he's going to be a little bit more um, comfortable to take shots, even if he's going to brick it. And that's what I like to see, because a lot of times he 
was afraid to take shots, but now he's taking shots with a little bit more confidence, right? Uh, let me easily say this. Yeah, so Accustom is shooting almost 11 shots versus him always shooting around the, the seven to eight range attempt shots. And that's with Donovan Mitchell. So just imagine if he goes to a different team where he could be a, a starting caliber um Man, I was about to say quarterback, Oof, point guard, right? But anyways, going back to Ricky Rubio, here's one thing that is a little concerning for him, you know, as a as a player. I know from my understanding, they had mentioned here a little bit recently that Ricky Rubio is not a, a number one priority for Utah to make sure that they resign him, right? So that obviously, I mean, it doesn't break his heart, but. He understands that if they're not going to make him a priority, there's there's a chance he's going to be gone, maybe to a team that he may not want to be on, or he could be on, or he he wants to be on. So either or, I honestly, if you were to ask me today, hey Starks, do you think he's going to be going to a different team? Yeah, I do. I think I think he's gone. Where where does he go? I'm not really sure, but I'll say that I hope he gets the opportunity to go to a team where. Um, they'll utilize his, and I'm not saying Utah couldn't utilize him because they they still did what they could with him, but I like to see him get another chance to get more time as a starter. But it may not be that if he comes off the bench as a six man, he could be okay too. But anyways, as a coupon in a redraft league, he's I don't like I said depends on where he goes. I don't think he's going to be a fourth round or fifth round player. Don't even see him as a six, maybe not even a seventh round player. And that's that's crazy. It's just like the value drops on players. But the thing is, when you draft, the mentality is this. Obviously, you want to get the value, but at the same time, you want to, if you're doing category leagues, which, which us unicorns like to provide and prescribe for you guys to make sure you do category leagues. This is more fun for us. But points leagues, if you guys like points leagues, that's fine too. And honestly, if you're a points league uh, owner, then... Ricky Rubio could be a very strong points contributor if he goes to a different team because he has the mold to be that type of points strong uh, player for you, right? But anyways, going back to it, uh, I definitely want to see, even in our, our, our free dynasty league that's coming up, and I'll even give you guys to, to those that didn't make this free league. I'm sure you, there's still a buy-in, by the way. So if you want to be in that, you can. Um so just let us know because they're, I believe the buy-in is $50. If you still want in, let the unicorns know. We, we can get you squeezed in. But for the free leagues um, that we're, excuse me, that we're running, I'll, if you guys want me to give you the, the results on the podcast, then I can definitely do that, you know, on what players fell so that you guys can utilize that for your, for your fantasy dynasty league coming up. But anyways, last thing on Ricky Rubio is I really hope, that uh, he goes if he goes to a different team that they set him up to get the opportunity to be uh, the player that he essentially was at one point in time, you know, with Minnesota, right? Because this has been obviously his work, one of his worst years of his career, and you know that's just the way it is. When you get older, you're not as good anymore. But he's he still he still has some years left in him, all right. So let me see. Uh, you guys can find me on my Twitter handle. It's at Starks underscore industry. You can find me on Instagram, one closing hero. You can also find me on Reddit, Starks 21. If you guys have any questions, let the unicorns 
or myself know, you know, anything that you may need help with. And we do the best we can to have the question answered. We have a, a pretty, pretty good, solid percentage of answering your questions if you ask us. I think there was one more thing I, I wanted to say, but it's not really coming to mind. Is uh, I just I'll just say this. I, I we appreciate you guys. We appreciate you listeners, especially when the season's pretty much almost over. But you guys have been advocate listeners to us still throughout uh, the season because again, since we're dynasty driven, we want to provide content all year round. So we appreciate it, and um, we have unicorn attire on our website. So check that out. Just check out the website. There's more. On the website, you know, Jay and Kevin, they they have a lot of great content on the website. You know, um, I have a couple of articles. I've been a little bit busy. I haven't been able to write as much, but Jay and Kevin has a lot of great material uh, on our on our website. We want to try to we're trying to get our um, draft guide together. And that's something Kevin and um, wow, Kevin and uh, Jay is working on right now. So. Once that goes down, that's that's going to be excellent content coming out. So with that being said, you guys, uh, have a good evening, morning, afternoon, and take a ride.